Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley is here. Greg Matzik's here. Sandy Maxoff one more day. Debbie Lazic is here. And Adam Roberts is producing our show this afternoon. All right. On this Monday, let's get to it. This is the three. Three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Wyatt, what's up first? So there's one nation, they've made a cut to the crude oil that they contribute to the global economy. That's going to be starting next month, and it could have notable impacts on gas prices here in the U.S. It's Saudi Arabia, and they're cutting a million barrels per day starting in July, and they could extend production cuts for as long as they basically want to. The slump in oil prices recently has helped U.S. drivers fill their tanks more cheaply. It's down about a dollar a gallon from what it was last year. But Saudi Arabia says we need the prices higher. The kingdom says they need to make more money, so they're cutting production, and other OPEC countries are expected to follow suit. So this might end up being not great news for those folks that drive a car. Just not great news, but Saudi Arabia, beginning next month, slashing oil production. All right, what's next? So at their developers conference in California today, Apple announcing their planned launch of Vision Pro. That is an augmented reality headset. Apple CEO Tim Cook saying the product will be the launch pad for a whole new world of technology. In the same way that Mac introduced us to personal computing and iPhone introduced us to mobile computing, Apple Vision Pro will introduce us to spatial computing. Yeah, I don't know about this. Now, I'm reluctant to say it's not going to work because Apple's magic and they know what they're doing and everything they touch seems to turn to gold. But $3,500 for a headset that looks like a big piece of fancy goggles that you wear. Can you wear it with glasses? That was my immediate thought. Don't know. Because if if you can't wear it, if you got to take your glasses off, I got really bad vision in the left eye. So is it, am I not going to be able to read the left part of the augmented reality if my email's over there in in the spatial computing space. Well, when what are you going to use this? Are we going to walk around at work with these things on our head? Like, are, are we all going to be walking around looking like robots? I'm not going to do it. It's a web browser, all built in. I, I, I thought there was going to be more of like the, the glasses. Right, right. Apple and wearables has become sort of a thing. But I thought more glasses, like you wearing, Wyatt, that would be their their foray into this world. I would guess that that's helmet. probably next. Is they figured out, my guess is they figured out how to do it. They figured out the technology for the spatial computing that they're talking about, and they haven't figured out how to make it small yet. These are ski goggles. They are. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like Lindsey Vaughn would wear these. They will project, <laughs> they'll project your eyes on the other side, apparently. Uh, so it's not just the blank mask. This is fantastic. Now we don't even have to look at each other. No, not at all. So you're not going to wear it at work because you can't walk into your boss's office and not look her in the eye. You're going to wear it at home and you're not going to be able to see what your wife is. I, I just. And the price point is a barrier, too. $3,500 is a lot of money. Why don't they just make a car? I think they're working on it. Uh, they probably are. So, uh, But I'd never say it's not going to work because they seem to know what they're doing. Well, they're John, you're time. starting to drink seltzer now. You're doing things you've never done before. <laughs> before you know it, you're going to come to work with one of these suckers on. How would you feel if I walked around with this on all day long? Like, I couldn't see, I'm couldn't. looking at you right now. Like, I, you couldn't see me. But I think I could see your eyes, to Wyatt's point. You just have this... 
piece of I plastic on it. I don't know if you can see my eyes. Can you? Uh, this picture I'm holding up, it's hard to tell, but they had video of people wearing these. It doesn't look like you could see the they'll, other person's eyes. No, they have eye. a feature There's a called switch. eyesight where they'll scan like your face and you can project the bit of your face that you can't see, which honestly I think is worse. What? Yes. What? Well, That's I'll be creepy. able to see your eyes. Be- Debbie, you're right. <laughs> nuts. Okay. But I've said it already three times. I won't say it's not going to work because... We'll, we'll get you a prototype. We'll see what we okay. can find. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's see what happens. It is 315 at WTMJ. Another name, end of the race for president. That's up next. All right, let's get to the presidential race. Mike Pence has filed the paperwork to launch his 2024 presidential bid... And there's other Republican presidential news. Justin Finch, ABC News, is with us from Washington. Good afternoon, Justin. Let's start with Mike Pence. What's going on with the Pence campaign? Uh, that's right. Wednesday is the day that the former vice president is set to officially kick off his campaign. He'll do so in Iowa with a speech and then a campaign video as well. He'll follow up that big day with an appearance on a CNN town hall live that evening. And so we had a chance to speak with Pence over the weekend in Iowa, and he tells ABC that he knows he is well-known, but does not think he is known well. So look for him going forward to not only kind of push forward his time in the White House, but also his time as governor in Indiana and his time in Congress, too. He wants to really present himself as a true conservative evangelical Republican who's also sensible on issues from abortion to guns and everything in between. Tomorrow, the former New Jersey governor, Chris Christie, is set to announce his bid uh, for the White House in New Hampshire at St. Anselm College. That's tomorrow night. But also that very same day, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum is set to announce his campaign, too. So two in one day tomorrow, followed by Pence on Wednesday. I want to go back to Mike Pence. So I cannot remember, Justin, a time where a former vice president is running against the guy who was his president. This is going to set up a very interesting dynamic. This is going to be a very uh, interesting narrative to follow in this election so far, Um, because, as you mentioned, this is not something we have seen before. Uh, But in the the back of all this, too, of course, is January 6th, one issue that Pence has really come out. Um, in front of and really trying to frame the events in terms of what they did for him personally and politically, what it means for the country and for the party. So that will be a really interesting line to see him walk at knowing that the president, former president, is on the trail with him. Um, you know, the Trump campaign has responded to one of these new entrants into the race in a statement that pretty much captures the, the spirit of Trump saying that, um, they smell blood in the water because Ron DeSantis, the next rival to Trump in the primary race, um, is an inept campaigner, and they smell blood in the water. Uh, the Trump campaign saying the race for second place is just about to heat up. You know, it's interesting because Chris Christie was a big ally of the former president. It seems like he's getting in almost with the sole agenda of making sure Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination. I'm paraphrasing things he said in the past. What's a driving force behind a Chris Christie campaign? Uh, I think you probably nailed it there. Perhaps to be a, a chaos agent specifically for the Trump campaign in this race so far. Um, in trying to frame the parameters so far of this primary race, 
Um, I believe a survivor metaphor might be apt here. You have these different people in this group together. There can only be one in the end. There are former alliances and allegiances built and formed along the way. And almost every entrant so far in this race has personal history with one or two others in the race with them, which makes it all the more interesting to watch, um, especially given that Trump in the polling is so far ahead of the pack uh, with Ron DeSantis being his next closest rival, but still a wide margin between the two of them. Justin Finch is with us from Washington. So the first Republican presidential primary debate will take place here uh, in Milwaukee in August. Donald Trump's already signaled he might not be there. All the candidates were in Iowa this weekend. Donald Trump was not there. Does he, as the front runner, feel like he doesn't need to participate in what he doesn't need to participate in? He's noticeably absent from a lot of these things. Uh, precisely this. Uh, the Trump campaign believes that with the numbers they have and the support they have, they don't need to go out and do a lot of this traditional uh, campaigning and, and debating. Uh, that will remains to be seen um, because you have these candidates who are going to rise in popularity. They will be out there doing the retail politics, the going to the room, shaking hands and the like. And Trump is not going to be there. Um, as we get closer to August for that debate, and perhaps one or more indictments could come Trump's way, it will be interesting to see how that impacts his reception in that primary race. If that does uh, put more pressure on him to get out there face to face and meet with constituents in hopes of trying to sway them his way in light of what he's facing, not only politically, but legally as well. Justin, has uh, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu decided what he's going to do? Uh, Governor Sununu has announced that he will not be seeking uh, a, uh, a seat at the table for this race. Um, it was not a major surprise, I think, in the field. Um, Governor Sununu has, has been kind of someone who has been on the perimeter of these discussions, talking about jumping in himself, but he is very steadfast in saying that he does not believe that Trump should be the nominee either. So look for him to not only continue to campaign against Trump, but make a choice potentially in this race that will take on Trump face-to-face. Potentially, potentially some say it could be Ron DeSantis. ABC's Justin Finch from Washington. Justin, thank you so much. Thank you. Never miss a single moment from Wisconsin's afternoon news thanks to Geist Garage Doors. You can now listen to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, WTMJ.com, and more. All the big interviews, serious topics, and fun conversations right at your fingertips. The Wisconsin Afternoon News Podcast presented by Geist Garage Doors. Don't think twice. Call Geist. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. All right, we're trying to get meteorologist Brian Nansky on the line to talk weather because it's a chance for rain that we haven't had in a couple of weeks tonight. And what are the chances? My goodness, my lawn is begging for it. I mean, my sprinklers are working overtime, that is for sure. We also wanted to talk to Niz about how his daughter's soccer team did over the weekend <laughs> because it wasn't great. And uh, her team got whooped at the hands of Greg Matzik's daughter's team. 
Give a, set the scene for us. Well, I, all right. So I get a, a phone call from a friend of mine saying, "Hey, can can Kendall play on a in a match on Sunday?" And she had a a, a tournament game a little later in the day. She's six years old, right? Is that so kindergarten? They, that is kindergarten. Okay. She's in kindergarten, so she had an end of the season tournament with our Elmbrook United League, and she had a game at eleven, and the game in the North Shore was at nine. Oh, sure, yeah, she can come out and play, no problem. Uh, it was a group of a uh, couple kindergartners, mostly first graders. I think one second grader on our little team of five. And uh, as we're setting up our chairs, I look down and I see, so I see Niz. Hey, Niz, how you doing, man? We're in uh, you know Mequon Cedarburg area at this North Shore soccer park, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, my daughter's out playing, and, and she's a first grader, I believe." And I'm, I'm first of all noticing just the size, the sheer size of the team that that poor Kendall's about to play. Um, so Niz's daughter's on a team that's much bigger. Uh, they they definitely had a size okay. advantage. All right, <laughs> uh, is that accurate, Niz? Yeah, I'm just listening to this, but um, size does not mean everything because they kicked our butts, wiped us out of the field, uh, unfortunately, uh, on my end. I don't know what happened to our girls. They were more interested, I think, in the treats after the game uh, than anything else. Uh, I will say this. I mean, we're talking seven-year-olds, so this is all tongue-in-cheek, right? This is all, yes, I mean, that's right. <laughs> it's all fun. But but that was the worst I've seen our girls play. And I'm sitting there over thinking, man, I really wanted my girls to kick Greg's girls' butts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's like, you know, and Kendall's in kindergarten, so, like, she just wants yep. to run around and play, right? Yeah. So she sees she bigger girls, and they're first graders, and she gets a little nervous. Like, just go play. Just go play. But here's the question. So I, I see Brian. I give him a big hug. Hey, how you doing, man? He's telling me about his... Saturday night, and they had a pedal tavern in Cedarburg. And yes, after the did. game, I didn't know what to say. If I'm being perfectly honest, <laughs> do I go over and say hello uh, because it was a little lopsided, or do we just kind of quietly leave and go to the sneak next out. match? You I, sneak I, out. I opted for the latter. I love Brian. Yeah. He's the nicest guy in the world. I just think I don't know what we're going to get out of the conversation oh, at the end. So I'll It would have been I'll totally fine. I'm happy to have this combo now. I mean, and I would have then too. Sure, there was a little frustration, but it's all good. I mean, I guess I probably would be like, I, of course, I want the kids to do good or whatever. But I, I'm gonna be. I'll say this, Greg. I can tell already, like th- the way I, I I feel on the sideline. I'm not gonna be good when this stuff actually like, really matters. <laughs> yeah, it's you know tough, I mean? man. Like, it's like tough. Stuff, and you're a competitive like, guy, <laughs> Greg. Yeah, I think totally. it's how you lead the conversation. I mean, if you walk over and you say, "Man, that was a great game." Yeah, right. Hope the rest of your yeah. Sunday's awesome. <laughs> well, Kendall did fantastic, uh, and, and Greg's right. She she was small, but she was mighty out there. There was a couple girls on their team that that were fast and they were quick. They didn't let size matter. Now, my Olivia's she's big, she's strong, she's, she's very strong. Tall. Yes, yes, she's a she's a she's a tough first grader, um, and she's seven but, is. Uh, yeah, she's seven years old. So yeah. you're athletic, so, and you can tell when your kids are yeah. young whether they're athletic or not, or predisposed to that. Are your girls pretty athletic? Yeah, Olivia's definitely more of like um she's probably going to be more more like me. Um where I'm you know a little bit on the taller end, a little yep. bit of a stronger uh build um whereas Riley my youngest is going to be like mom and mom's like barely 5 feet. Yeah. So <laughs> so she's she's going to be mom, she's going to be a little bit more dainty. And uh, but she's got some fierceness in her too. Um, but it was fun. It was great to see Greg. 
it was great to see you know the girls out there having fun and stuff. And but I'm waiting for the rematch. Yeah. I'm waiting for uh, <laughs> things to go. You know what is really interesting is is you realize that they are. What makes you realize you know what age they are is like you know the moment they do start to you know lose or things don't go their way. Like maybe a girl took the ball away. You can tell that like their drive to like fight through that <laughs> isn't isn't really there. It's like all right, I'm done. Not trying. Not care. You and Emily are both <laughs> athletic, so your girls, I'd imagine, are pretty athletic. Yeah, Kendall's a little shorter, and uh, Emily's like 5'3". I'm closer to 6'3", and Riley, our oldest, is a, is a little taller. She's about two years older than Kendall, 18 months or so. So I, I think when it's all said and done, Riley be a little taller than Kendall, but they just love to play. That's all it is. Yeah. They, they try yeah. hard, they yeah. have fun, and I yeah. love watching them play, That's and awesome. we make sure to tell them that. Hey, Niz. It's cool. My biggest my biggest contribution to the team is I bring the I bring the folding bench chair that seats like seven of them. That's nice. And I found that I found that most of the girls appreciated that Saturday morning to lay on versus actually playing out there. So I'm glad I contributed. Sounds to like that. you needed you know? something to lay on Sunday morning. I did, man. Well, the thing is, in all honesty, like I did have that pedal tavern the night before, and I was I was struggling. So I was struggling. <laughs> You're hurting a little bit. Yeah, you had the dark Sunday glasses morning. on. It wasn't terribly sunny oh. in the morning. <laughs> Dude, was, I was struggling, man. It was one of those where where the sweats were going. <laughs> yep. Like, yep. Get this game over with. Yeah. Why is the field spinning? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, uh, my my lawn is getting excited, thinking maybe there's an outside shot at some rain yeah. tonight. This is really about the only shot for the week, too, isn't it? It is for the work week at least. Um, honestly, yeah, hold out hope for tonight. Um, I do think we have enough of a chance that someone is going to get rain, but it's going to be that scattered variety <laughs> late tonight after midnight into tomorrow morning. When you get going tomorrow morning, there still might be a few showers around scattered. I think if you're lucky, you get a quarter inch of rain tonight. Um, whereas I think there are plenty of people, probably more people that end up with nothing. Mm. So this is not a big rain event. Let's hold out hope. Maybe it overachieves and we all get a nice drink of water, but it looks slim. Uh, 60 for a low tonight. Tomorrow eventually becomes mostly sunny, 71 and breezy. And then it's like a repeat Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, highs around 70, start warming back up on Friday, lots of sunshine. And then Saturday's our next chance. Saturday, we, we do have some. Chances for showers and storms. Right now, it does look a little more robust, but we're four or five days out, so I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too much. All right, meteorologist Brian Nisnansky. Always fun to catch up. Thanks, Niz. All right, see you guys. Good chatting. Later. 346 at WTMJ. A couple of great guests coming up during the 4 o'clock hour. Lane Grindle talks Brewers baseball. The Brewers broadcaster with us coming up at 415. And great ideas for summer vacations and how to avoid the hurricane zone if you're looking for something this fall. Rose Gray with us live in the studio. She'll join us coming up at 445. A local nonprofit is close to accomplishing its goal of distributing one million diapers in Milwaukee. What started in a garage in 2020 is also getting support from the biggest star in the state. WTMJ's Tony Cartagena has more. We'll be turning three on September 21st of this year, and our goal is to distribute our millionth diaper before that date. 93,536. That number is written on multiple whiteboards in the offices at Milwaukee Diaper Mission. It's a reminder of how close they are to reaching that million diapers distributed goal. 
That goal was set by founder and executive director Megan Johnson at the start of Milwaukee Diaper Mission back in her garage in 2020. In the beginning of 2020, I was a stay-at-home parent. I was volunteering my time to run a new parent circle and teach cloth diaper classes in the community. I was uh, really passionate and still am about cloth diapering. I used cloth diapers on both of my kids. And I was doing research on diapering for my class, and I learned that one in three families in the United States struggle to afford diapers. And that statistic really broke my heart as a mom of two kids in diapers at the time, thinking about families that were having to choose between food and diapers on a weekly basis was really, really devastating to me. And, and I wanted to figure out a way that I could give back and volunteer to support you know, those families. So I tried to look up the Milwaukee Diaper Bank on Google, and there was no search return. And I, I saw that most major cities in the United States have a diaper bank or a basic needs bank, and Milwaukee had nothing. So what, you know, initially my plan was to just volunteer my time, you know, once a week or once a month turned into this vital resource does not exist for our community. And I just felt really passionately about bringing it to life, so I did. Milwaukee Diaper Mission partners directly with local organizations throughout the city. Those organizations then pick up the diapers and distribute them right into the community. But this isn't just a one-size-fits-all organization. Megan Johnson and her team make sure that recipients have choice. We offer a cloth option to families. We believe strongly in dignity of choice and that families should have every option presented to them so they can choose what products they use on their baby or on their body. So we offer cloth diapers and we also offer reusable period supplies like menstrual cups, cloth pads, and period underwear. So the goal remains of 1 million diapers distributed. However, the Milwaukee Diaper Mission grew quickly and they now provide more than just diapers. When we launched as an organization, we called ourselves Milwaukee Diaper Mission because we were going to be a diaper bank. And then I quickly realized that Milwaukee didn't have a resource for access to period supplies. So we added on a period program pretty much right away and we've distributed over 300,000 period products to date. Since 2020, Milwaukee Diaper Mission has grown from that garage to an office space and now they're in a 5,000 square foot warehouse. And although they're still considered a small nonprofit, they're getting help and assistance from one of the biggest stars in the state, if not the country. Take a listen. How much does it cost if I uh, say something, a comment about the ref? Is it 20000 It's a lot of money. Eh? So I should not do it. I save my money. I got to pay for diapers. That's the voice of soon-to-be father of three, NBA Finals MVP, NBA MVP, and superstar in the state of Wisconsin, Giannis Atetokounmpo. Back in 2021, Mariah and Giannis had just had their second child, and they were looking for a way to give back to Milwaukee that would support families with young children. So they learned about our organization and reached out and wanted to get involved. We together hosted a diaper drive at the end of 2021, and then that has become an annual event. It's called the Big Give Back and every year we'll be collecting diapers and raising money and awareness about the work that we do. The Antetokupos have been very generous with their time and their involvement. Mariah is a board member of Milwaukee Diaper Mission and remains very committed to working with us long term and they're just such a sweet and generous and loving family that really cares deeply about our city and we're very fortunate as a small nonprofit that we have their support and that they're able to shine a light on the work 
we do. And as an organization still working toward getting a forklift in their warehouse, when the seven-footer comes to volunteer, they make sure to put the big fella to work. Every time he's here, we have a little game where we stack boxes as high as we possibly can and see if he can reach the top box, and he always can. Sometimes he has to jump. Um, but yeah, it's really fun when they when they come to the facility and volunteer with us and, and meet our distribution partners and our other volunteers and people that we work with on a daily basis that get the opportunity to, to hang out with the Antetokounmpo family. Um, and yeah, it's always it's always a great time when they visit. Get involved at MilwaukeeDiaperMission.org. Anyone who makes a monetary donation, we can turn those dollars into diapers. Uh, we have access to wholesale and bulk buying options. So what someone would spend at a big box store like Walmart or Target, we can get those diapers for about half the price. Tony Cartagena, WTMJ News. Hey, to learn more about the Milwaukee Diaper Mission, check out WTMJ.com. Click on the News tab.